0: This podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN.
1: You know what's not fair? The fact that Netflix hides thousands of shows and movies from you based on your location and then has the nerve to increase their prices on you. That's right. They've just raised their prices once again. Now you could just cancel your subscription in protest, or you could be smart about it and make sure you're getting your full money's worth by using ExpressVPN.
0: You might not know that
1: what's on Netflix in your country is completely different from someone in the UK, or Japan has on theirs. Using ExpressVPN, I can control which country I want Netflix to think I'm in. ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from, so every time I run out of
0: stuff to watch, I just switch to another country to unlock new shows. So stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t. Don't forget to use our link and you can get three extra free months of ExpressVPN. That is ExpressVPN.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. ExpressVPN.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 562nd episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, Steve. With me is Hannah.
1: I am very, very tired. I finally brought my cat to my new apartment. She had been staying with my family while I kind of got it set up, and she doesn't like it here yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yet is the key word. Yet. Yeah.
1: I Yeah. I'm... <laughs> I'm investing a lot in that yet. I am worried about her, um, but she's here.
2: they pets. They get used to it because they have no choice.
1: She's just stressed.
2: Yep. Me Thought too, and stressed. I'm not even a cat.
1: <laughs> Same.
2: Yep. Greg also here. I am also here. That's it? No, nothing But what windy? do you want me to say? Like, you get mad <laughs> if I say, like, it's cold outside. She's like, let's not talk about the weather. What do you want me to talk about? My brunch? What I the... went to brunch today. Yeah, what'd you order for brunch? Uh, I had the classic, which was eggs, bacon, and breakfast potatoes. Mm, that's a good classic. The delicious breakfast <laughs> potatoes. Why am I never and invited to brunch? Because you don't get up before noon. Yeah, my
1: guess is you're asleep. <laughs>
2: and here's the thing. We go to brunch every Sunday. And by brunch, it's my husband and I, and we go eat before we go grocery shopping, so we're not starving when we're grocery shopping.
1: That's also
2: a nice... To, 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 lessen the impact of how much money we're about to spend on groceries
1: yeah don't want to go grocery shopping hungry i do that all the time it's always a mistake
2: yep (laughs) because everything looks good it's already bad enough because everything looks good like we bought for no good reason half of a pie and Mm -hmm. the reason we bought it is it's a raspberry lemonade pie
1: interesting
2: what is that (laughs) we don't know
0: we're gonna find out all right. Speaking of finding out, uh, we have some, we have a lot of TCG
2: news this week, but not the TCG news you think. We have not the, the good TCG news, the panic inducing TCG news, because Japan we, is in dire straits. The worst possible outcome has happened. Some TCG
0: news: we have uh, the Global Challenge Three is apparently already announced and coming. Even though, as of recording, Global Challenge Two is still up and going. And uh, some other little things here and there. But I think the TCG stuff is going to take the majority of the first part of this episode. So uh, let's start with news article number one, which is off Kotaku, which that's still a website. <laughs>
2: Why would it not be a website?
0: <laughs> they, I, there's a lot of like not great writers at Kotaku.
2: Well, yeah, there are we've also, also some good we, ones. We've also are also talked about comicbook.com, so let's not get too. Yeah. No, the comic
0: people at comicbook.com <laughs> are very nice. At least the people I talk to at comicbook.com. But you're right, comicbook.com is huge. There's a lot of other articles that pop up. You take the good, you take the bad. Yeah. Both well, the, the Kotaku issue was uh, one of the writers, this was like a year ago, was like spoiling Pokemon. And then people were trying to argue that they were spoiling Pokemon and they were like, no, because I don't know what the reason was. It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't no. a very good reason. Japan has, uh, the title of this is, uh, this is from Levy. Japan has completely run out of Pokemon cards. See, I told you it wasn't the news you expected. This is actually crazy news. <laughs> I think. Okay, now remember, Japan is ahead in cards than America. The Pokemon company dropped two an, a new expansion for the trading card game on April 14th that is around Scarlet and Violet's four Treasures of ruined um so they do two sets at a time normally uh so one is called Clay Burst and the other is called Snow Hazard is the expansion to uh Triple Beat, which I believe in America is going to be called Paldea Evolved anyways, name's not important. <laughs> for the sake of the article i guess Clayburst and snow hazard are just dis- distinctively different because of the cards available in each pack for example there's a pokey influencer iono that can only be acquired in Clayburst. that fact alone has collectors going wild in japan because uh she has a special illustration rare card and according to a youtuber ptcg radio they also do a podcast that is the most expensive card we've seen to date in I, I I don't think the full quote is here, but I think in like a new set, obviously yeah. there might be like an illustration PSA. 10. <laughs> <laughs> These two sets have been the most uh, hyped we've seen, uh, according to a player Ethan, who tweeted on April thirteenth, the line for the set release in Akihabara uh, was quote insane. Uh, there's no
2: picture here. I <laughs> we gotta no, take- We're just assuming. Based off of that, you just having waited to in really long lines, I have a question about what what qualifies to this person? What scale are you using? Because yeah. I've been. When to did Disney the line start forming? <laughs> How
1: long was it? How many blocks did it take up?
2: I waited three hours for a ride, so I could never I mean, wait three, three hours, hours for a ride.
1: Three Is hours worth for it? a ride, yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Absolutely worth it. <laughs> well, they kind of lied to us because that was 85 minutes. Do they, do they do
0: it in minutes because that seems less confusing than hours?
1: I wouldn't say less yeah. confusing. It probably seems shorter.
2: Eh, I don't know. 85 minutes is you're still like, 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 that's an hour and a half versus 360 minutes. <laughs> which you're like, yeah.
1: There might be some sort of cutoff. Like if it's less than 100 minutes, you use minutes so that people don't want to do the conversion in their heads, but they know it's not that much.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Initial quotes for cases of clayburst and snow hazard are going for three hundred and six $3,600, with the Yono card particularly running at uh, $1,255, which uh, when it came out two weeks ago, it was at $2,000 in Japan. Now, on top of all of this, the Pokemon company took to the official trading card Japanese website to drop some unfortunate news about the situ- situation, admitting that it's currently out of stock of Pokemon cards at the moment.
1: <laughs> what I'm hearing is that Iono is a pretty pretty spectacular Poke influencer.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> not even me? Marnie could do this. Marnie
2: is not an influencer. Which... <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was translated but she Martin had fans. just has a bunch
2: of really yeah. not great fans <laughs> see
0: this is this is where kotaku could level up this is no shade to the author by the way but like they 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 have written here a blog post which is translated by google now if kotaku wanted to level up they get somebody who speaks japanese and they get an official You can't trust Google. I mean, we're bad. We're bad journalists here, too, because we're just reading up.
2: (laughs) We are not journalists. That's um, true. There is nothing that we do that qualifies any of this as journalism.
1: Google Translate's gotten better. We are talking
2: heads. We are talking heads. Google Translate's gotten
1: better, and there's probably some sort of new rule that has to do with all of the AI generation that means they have to say where that kind of thing comes from which is probably why that's there.
0: Uh, There was an apology for an inconvenience to customers and a promise to bolster the production system to promote a reproduction and shipment of products going forward. Uh, The Pokemon company says, quote, we will continue to do our best so everyone can enjoy Pokemon, the Pokemon card game. Thank you for your understanding. One of the sets having Iono, the other set has uh, Grusha. But there's no prices about Grusha.
1: That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> Gresha's great. I is yeah. fine.
2: Not an influencer though.
1: No. Yeah.
0: I I do wonder, I, I wish there was pictures or I wonder how uh long that line was. But I was told by Andrew, our Japanese correspondent, uh, that if <laughs> if there's a restaurant in Japan with a line, that restaurant is worth eating at. If there is a restaurant with no line. Maybe, maybe be a little cautious. <laughs> we, uh, when I was there, we did wait in. This is, this is both. Greg's going to be mad at me when I tell the story. Uh, th- th- I already <laughs> am. <laughs> we were, we were in Osaka and I, I wanted to, the first thing I wanted to do was try a Japanese burger that wasn't like McDonald's. So I found a five star burger place and there was a line when we got there and I was like, heck yeah. i found a japanese burger place near the hotel never heard of this there's a huge line for it we ended up waiting in line for like 20 30 minutes i would probably say there was like 20 people in line and then when we got in the restaurant was decorated like Texas. <laughs> there was like an American flag on the wall. <laughs> there was like a skull of a buffalo, <laughs> and they were playing like Katy Perry. <laughs> and I was like, "This is awesome! I flew all this way." I That's what say,
2: happens. Though, that burger slapped. It was so good. <laughs> what about it was Japanese? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so it was just a burger you could have gotten here. <laughs> no, the whole staff was Japanese. Greg, Jones. So? <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. It was like a when Japanese I go to interpretation a here of and The entire staff is Hispanic. And I don't say, this is a great Spanish burger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was, it a, was really a Japanese interpretation of America.
0: Yeah, it was, but I didn't know that because like <laughs> I used Yelp, and Yelp didn't have like anything. If you're to going
1: say- to a burger place, many other places, it's going to be American themed, is yeah. my understanding.
0: Well, when I got to when I got to Tokyo, <laughs> I was looking around, and there was a, a restaurant near our house that, or near, near the part the the hotel. I'm losing my mind, and it said Chicago deep dish pizza. And I was like, I need to see how Japanese people treat Chicago.
2: It was bad, by the way. It was oh, a bad yeah. well, Chicago pizza. deep dish pizza ain't great to start with. I, one quick story from my past. So it was the 1980s, 1986. And my brother and my mother and I went to Paris because my brother was going to college in France. And about five days in, my mom was like, I need American food because I can't. Do this anywhere. So we went to this American restaurant where nobody, of course, spoke English. We thought this was the 80s. There was no such thing as a diet soda craze at all. And so we're sitting in this restaurant, and my mom is like, Man, I want a Diet Coke real bad. I just, maybe they have a Diet Coke here. The entire weight staff is not speakers. From the kitchen, we, a head sticks out and goes, This ain't America, lady! We don't got Diet Coke!
0: <laughs> okay, okay. so going back to the, the TCG stuff here, I, I, I guess I'm a little confused, because how do I put this in perspective? What is happening that is different from Scarlet and Violet versus Sword and Shield, where this seems to just be overall bigger do like we can look back and be like and say maybe the national decks did turn a lot of people off and now they're over it or we can look at scarlet and violet and go well fans wanted open world for a long time and we got it but both games have some would maybe say equal some would say one game has more issues but both games have issues <laughs> like Scarlet and Violet can't even get past like 15 frames a second. Uh Sword and Shield. The national decks didn't cause an issue with the game itself. It was just a a preference that people wanted. Um, but I i suppose if I was to try to side with the people who dislike Sword and Shield, I think the biggest complaint they say now is Sword and Shield felt very sterile, very straightforward. I don't know if I agree with that, but um, you know, that that's mm. one of the complaints I see.
1: I still had issues with its story, but go oh, on. the
2: story is garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. I think we're all in agreement. That this Although, is... I will say, it wasn't until the Twitter drama that I understood Chairman Rose a whole lot more because that taught me, oh, yeah, billionaires wouldn't wait a day for the thing <laughs> to be over. They're just going to do whatever the heck they want. Now I understand Chairman Rose. I get it. Yeah. I get it. <laughs>
1: Uh, the the thing is, is,
2: I, w- I don't know if it's about the video game. Like, what changed with the TCG to make them? Because mm-hmm. even when video games are huge, like, this is a TCG specific situation. Like, one character suddenly becoming that popular. Like, is it just. It, are there a lot more ways that Iono is shown in Japan that we just don't see here? The. To really drive that. It it feels it feels unusual to have this much crossover into the TCG that they sell out, like that there are lines to buy it.
1: Yeah, I mean, Iono is kind of aimed at a Japanese audience, more so, just in the in the type of influencer she is, is my understanding. We don't have that type of influencer as much here. We have some. We have like VTubers and stuff, but I, she has seemed really popular, but I haven't seen excess merch, excess
0: Mm-mm. videos, yeah. or
1: merchandising or advertising in any way of her. She just seems popular.
0: Well, they did a whole Marnie collection in Japan. Yeah, Marnie it,
1: was extra popular, and too. that
0: sold out almost instantly when they did the Marnie collection. Uh, I don't know. I, I I do. I can't stop thinking about how you know Sword and Shield sold you know twenty six million copies. Second best selling Pokemon game of all time in three years. And Scarlet and Violet is already up to what, like 23 million copies in five months. There was no secret about the issues of these games (laughs) and people still bought them and are enjoying them. I'm enjoying them even with the issues. But like every week, I'm like, fingers crossed that there will be a performance
2: update. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Not according to the new patch notes.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I'm kind of, I don't have any more hope for a performance update. I only had hope that people were going to stop getting their games uh, completely locked, basically.
0: And that seems
1: fixed now. I don't think there are any reports of people having that issue since the update yet. I also know that it hasn't, the update didn't fix it for people who did have that bug. You still have to contact Nintendo and send oh, okay. your save data over. Um, but I haven't heard any reports of new people having that issue. So that's exciting.
0: What are those people going to do? They've been living on that Reddit thread for the last, like, month. <laughs> <It's been laughs> it's like long. two I mean, they're months. In the, they're in the anger factory? They have to no. get off the anger floor. It was
1: good communication.
0: They have all bond. Do they all like make a Discord together to bond? Oh, there we go. (laughs) Okay, uh, there. Okay, so we do have more TCG news. We're gonna shift gears here. I was debating about covering this because uh, Hannah Hannah just said good communication. We want to talk about the opposite (laughs) of good communication. It's it's like this news story. Okay, so let me set the groundwork because I was. Again, I was debating about covering this because I rolled my eyes. So Bobby texted me, <laughs> oh, "Bobby, <buddy! laughs> what are you doing to us? <laughs> we gotta get Bobby back on the show." So Bobby texted me a a, a Twitter I don't know what they called, Twitter link, and in the link is a picture of a bunch of secret rares, at, at like a card game store, and uh, I can't remember what the 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 tweet said. It was just like. These were all stolen from the factory for Fusion Strike, and it's why Fusion Strike has a bad pull rate. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cards in the picture. It's just one picture. I think to myself, and of course, there's like a bunch of quoted retweets and a bunch of comments, and it's like, this is why, f- this is why my Fusion Strike, Fusion Strike had bad pulls, or this is why I never got anything good from Fusion Strike, or we need to... F- uh, wh- 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 where's the class action lawsuit we got to do a cl- and i'm just thinking there are a lot of angry people off one picture here with really no context besides the the tweet itself and nothing else like we don't have like five pictures we don't have like we don't have another person confirming this we uh, anyone who tweeted about this just had the same exact picture And then on top of this, (laughs) the kicker is when I dove deeper into this, this picture was taken a year ago. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) This is not new news. So like this, this picture of all these cards on a cheap Walmart table, which is, you know, what you get at card shops, they have a bunch of these to, you know, they set up for people to play games. Isn't even a new picture. It's a picture that was taken a year ago. And of course... As as this spreads, more and pe- more people are getting mad. But uh, there was some reporting on this. This is off. Uh, this is off Poke Beach. Two articles here. So they they open up saying like uh, theft from Pokemon printing factories has always happened. <laughs> like it, like you work on a line, you grab a couple cards, etc. And that's also how we get cards early. Our people from the factory will take pictures of these cards. So that's kind of like the opening of this. In typical Nintendo fashion, the Pokemon company and its partners dispatched an investigation team uh, to plug leaks along the chains. Beach refused to cover those leaks. Uh, we actively follow and investigate each of them so we can understand what is happening. This weekend, the Pokemon... Pokemon's biggest ever factory theft came to light on social media. A photo circulating of thousands of Fusion Strike secret rare cards were stolen from a factory in 2021. The photo actually leaked uh, an internal investigation that started in September of 2021 and concluded in January of 2022. However, fans just learned about it. So the investigation has already stopped and finished.
1: (laughs) A year ago. It finished more than a year ago.
0: The stolen Fusion Strike cards bounced between a few hands before ultimately being offered to a hobby store in Texas named Trading Card World. Peak creativity with that name. Uh, we were approached... <laughs> by, we
2: were Tells appro- you what
1: you need to know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all there. You're not going to confuse it for something else. <laughs> <laughs> we we were approached by an individual... We
0: being the... the the trading card store approached by an individual inquir- inquiring if we were interested in purchasing hits from the set. The store told Poké Beach uh, when they saw the seller was offering thousands of the set's rarest cards, realized it would be impossible for an ordinary consumer to obtain such a concentrated amount of them. "Quote," the seller explained his connection to his source. We immediately contacted the Pokémon Company International through proper channels. The store stated. The Pokemon company opened an investigation and a private investigator flew out to collect the cards from the store. As you can see in the photo, Pokemon expressed to the store that it was the largest return of stolen property to date. The Pokemon concluded their investigation in January of 2022, which probably means they identified the original thief. They would never tell us that anyways. (laughs) Fans who saw the photo assumed that the stolen cards have impacted their Fusion Strike Rates, but this cannot be proven and it is unlikely. Now, I did say there are two articles here. This is the first one. The cards would have been stolen during the production phase where they are stored in boxes. The secret wares are printed separately from other cards because of their texture. So, a big thing I saw going around is I don't know. I will, to give credit to random people on the internet, they have the wildest imaginations. There
2: is not, like, I
0: don't know how you'd think card production works but like it's not like milk on an assembly line where you're watching glass bottles and like milk is coming out from the ceiling to fill it up and then at the end of the line there's like a little cap on it that's not how like tcg production it's not like cards are dropping from the ceiling and like somebody's like hot gluing the like pack together (laughs) like no one's on the assembly line being like i want this one and this one and like i don't know how people think this works but, but yes, the secret rares are on a whole other, <laughs> but like assembly because they're a different texture. Anyways, uh, the secret rares are printed on large sheets, cut into individual cards and stored in long white boxes. At least five of those white boxes are packed into a cardboard box that is then set off to the machines. to then sort in booster packs. The machine will load different boxes of cards into each booster, depending on the rarity, You will see the boxes below pokey beach actually has like really good pictures of this we imagine the sorting machines alert the workers when they're running low on certain rarities meaning packs that escape the factory without the proper rate which meaning packs should not escape the factory without proper rate of secret rares otherwise it would be common for packs to be missing cards factories also weigh every single booster pack this is not only to ensure the packs have the proper amount of cards but it's also so they know what code card to insert in the packs. Secret rares are heavier than normal cards, so lighter code cards are put in the pack to sort out the weight difference. This prevents weighing the packs on the aftermarket. It is unlikely that packs with improper weights would have left the factory floor, let alone on a scale large enough to impact the entire run. There are multiple checks in place. Now I want to stop here because when Beach posted this article, and I saw it on Twitter, and I clicked it, And I read it and I was like, yep, that makes complete sense that this this like as I read this again for a second time, this makes complete sense of how Pokemon cards like work in the factory, how they get shipped out, how there are still quality checks going out. And then I went back and I just read the comments on this article and it's just a bunch of people being like. Nope, you're wrong. My fusion strike was terrible. Therefore, <laughs> therefore, the original one picture that I saw was completely right. They stole all the good cards. Class action, class action lawsuit coming your way, and Poke Beach just responded to these people being like. Did you even read the article? And they were like, "Nope, don't need to." I know that I bought one hundred packs of Fusion Strike, and I only got one good card. It was mind-boggling. Uh, what what is the word for it? Like confirmation bias, maybe? Where oh, like I well, bo- I mean,
2: this is this is straight up cognitive dissonance, right? <laughs> like they have decided they have decided the outcome, and any. Proof to the otherwise is fake. Like, that is is classic cognitive dissonance, where they are just refusing to... Like, if you look at it, you're like, okay, that all makes sense. But then their brains will be like, but it's a lie.
1: I mean, they're being (laughs) deliberately ignorant. They are reading the title, they're reading the headline, they are not reading the content of the article that explains how it works. It doesn't
2: even matter if they read it, right? Because they would still read it and say you're wrong you're a you're you're a stooge you're a sellout you're covering
1: people who but also there are plenty of people who would come to the conclusion from the first picture that yes the packs were worse because of this but then would also read the article and go oh wait okay that's how that works
2: yeah but they're not gonna comment
1: (laughs) (laughs) maybe you're probably right
2: (laughs) (laughs) they're not gonna say anything they remain quiet because like oh okay I'm now going to move on with my life. I understood what happened.
1: Could have gotten mad at the first one. They could have gotten mad at the first one.
2: Sure. I think it's really
0: easy to buy 10 booster packs of Pokemon, Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh, and yeah. And not get
2: anything And not good, get a single thing. <laughs> and then be like, man, this sucks. Do you think this thing... Theft is why my pulls and masters have been so bad. Yes, a million percent.
0: Okay. <laughs> so well, they need to Q&A. come out.
2: They need to come out with a statement then to say why my masters pulls are so bad and how the TCG theft made them enforce a mandatory bad pull rate for the next year on all gotcha everything's. Get it together.
0: Now, I paused here for a specific reason, because the the first part of the story talks about how this the secret rares are on a whole different production line they're printed differently they're stored in different boxes then it goes on to talk about how like the assembly line is smart enough to weigh all of these packs there's that's why there was a a black and a white code card because one was heavier than the other like there are so many quality checks before these go out the door now if we go back to the original picture there are a lot of cards in that original picture Quite, quite, quite a bit. But let's pretend we, we still don't believe for a hot second the, the quality check that has to go out. Let me, let me drop this bit of knowledge on you. Even if the stolen cards managed to detract from pull rates, Pokemon prints billions of cards each year. The theft occurred at one factory. During a print run, Pokemon produces 27 million cards a day. So even if that theft was successful in the sense of they were stolen off the assembly line after like weighing and production, it wouldn't have been noticeable to the fact it it would be so hard to be like, oh, this set is clearly not as good as any other sets because there are. This was one factory.
1: (laughs) There's
2: only only one factory, though. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is. There's this one. It's labeled Pokemon Card Factory. Yeah. It's, they they wanted to make letters. sure they, that it was very
0: clear. So there were, there were still people that were like, we should sue. I, uh, uh, okay. I mean, like, you could. I'm not saying you can't. What is
2: what, what the basis of that <laughs> lawsuit? I bought a th- 100 packs and my percentage was within the expected percentage for randomization, but I think it was low. Yes. And I Mm -hmm. hope you... Like, how? Who was going to take that?
0: I hope you kept your receipts, and I hope you kept all your cards specifically. So, okay. I don't know about you two. I've bought a lot of Pokemon cards. I've bought a lot of Magic cards. When I played competitively, I would buy two booster boxes every three months. And then from those two booster boxes, I would get the maj- I would get all the, like the commons and uncommons I needed to build whatever deck. And then hopefully I would get like a couple of the GXs or EXs. And then if I needed like three, but I only pulled two, I would just buy a single of the last one. In reality, it probably would have been cheaper just to buy exactly every card I needed, not buy the booster box. But opening booster boxes are fun. So I would buy two every three months. I did this for like two for three years straight. A lot of money. That is very expensive. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I was. Uh,
1: this is why I never got into the TCG.
0: There was a set. Um. Gosh, I want to say it was Plasma Storm, Plasma Front, where it was the worst two boxes I have ever opened. They were absolutely atrocious. I didn't get anything great. And like normally I was like, ah, normally you get one gold, you get a couple C. Totally, totally bad. There have been packs I remember going to a Target at like 9 p.m. at night. They're about to close. They had like four booster packs left on their shelves. I was with a friend. They grabbed two. I grabbed two. We Got to the car. Obviously impatient. Turned on the little dome light in the car. We opened the four packs. Out of all four packs, none of them had a rare. And that, that could be as easy as like somebody took the rare out and then resealed it and then returned it could be as easy as like a an issue on the line. Like I am not saying that there are not issues with some booster packs. There are a lot of cards that go out and I'm sure everyone listening to this has at least got one booster pack that was missing an energy or was missing a code card or it 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 happens. Um and in that situation, we I I laid out all the cards, I took pictures of it, I sent it to the Pokemon company, the little support like they have like support.pokemon.com. Bad TCG. No, it's not called bad. T, I don't know what it's called. My, my TCG pack was a good enough button. And then you send them a picture and you send them a receipt. And they they sent four new booster packs our way. It was like super nice. Right. Um, I'm sure that cost them no money. And it's not that big of a deal. The Pokemon company did send me a booster box of Scarlet and Violet. And on stream, I opened it. I opened all thirty how many packs 32 36 packs and out of the 32 packs five of them didn't have code cards randomly just Mm -hmm. randomly did just deny everything else was there just no code cards in them so again i am not saying that manufacturing or the assembly line i'm not saying that that doesn't happen but i am saying one factory and one theft is not going to affect a country's pull rate of Fusion Strike. <laughs> so there was a second article by Poke Beach, which was two days after the initial article. The Pokemon com- uh, comicbook.com. The funny that we, we talked about comic anyway. Comicbook.com <laughs> reached out to the Pokemon Company and they got a quote. And so we have the quote here. So the Pokemon company says we take protection of our IP and associated products very seriously. This matter remains under investigation and we cannot comment on details at the time. However, we can confirm that Sword and Shield booster packs and products were shipped to retails as intended. And there is no indication that the integrity of the products were impacted by any confirmed or unconfirmed theft. Furthermore, we continue to signify significantly invest in both the production and security of our TCG business. We value the faith that our fans put into us and our products, and these investments—investments investments is the word—are intended to uh, help us continue to maintain their trust. Uh, and then Pokey Beach goes on to compare the pull rates of Fusion Strike to Brilliant Stars, Astral Radiance, Lost Origin, Silver Tempest, Scarlet and Violet, and guess what? Fusion Strike had the worst pull rates. <laughs> Of all of those sets naturally. Just there, there, I say, when we talk about the sets every time they come out. And I'm pretty sure on the show, I complained that Fusion Strike was way too big and there was way too much filler. And these sets need to not be 236 cards because that's a lot to spread out between a. And
1: then and- you're going to get people complaining that someone stole all the rare cards because they're not getting any
0: i'm sure there's three people listening to this being like nope uh my my packs were affected <laughs> right i guess <laughs> but uh the interesting note is you know you kind of got a little insight on on how these these booster packs go out the door with that we'll take a quick break uh, and then when we come back, we got some Scarlet and Violet stuff. Um, so we will be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by PayPal Honey, the easiest way to save when you're shopping on your iPhone or your computer. Listener, have you been feeling the impact of inflation? What's the craziest price hike you've noticed? Eggs, gas, pizza? With high prices, how does it feel whenever you do find a deal? Is it exciting, a relief? With Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Imagine shopping on one of your favorite sites or like a new site like I did. You get to the checkout, little Honey button pops up, you hit the apply coupons, and then in seconds, you can save money. I literally just used Honey tonight on a brand new website I've never been to because I got sucked into a YouTube video where they had a really cool wallet and then I went to the website and I started adding said wallet to my account and Honey saved me $5.00. I didn't do anything. It just said, hey, we think we have a coupon and then I hit the little Honey button. And then it was like, we found it, $5 off your order. And I was like, cool, that was super easy. Honey just doesn't work on desktop. It works on your iPhone 2 or your iPad. You can just activate Honey on any of those devices and save on the go. You can get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t. That's joinhoney.com slash PKMNCST. And if you forget, it'll be in our show notes. Hey, thanks for listening to It's Super Effective. You're probably halfway through the episode. I just want to throw out that we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash PKMNCST. And Patreon is a great way to support the show. Not only can you support the show for as little as $5 a month, but with that $5, you get ad free episodes. You won't be hearing this ad because it'll be gone in your ad free episodes. You'll get access to our Slack community with over 800 trainers trading and battling and talking and making fun of the way I say bagel in the Slack. You can be part of that. You also get bonus episodes. And maybe you're just interested in the ad-free or bonus episodes of the podcast. You don't want to go to another website. And you're on your iPhone right now. You're pulled over on the side of the road and you're using Apple Podcasts. You can actually support us and get all of that right in Apple Podcasts. There should be a little subscribe button. And what's cool about Apple Podcasts is they also offer a two-week free trial. So if you're interested and you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can actually dive back and listen to all the bonus episodes in your two-week free trial. You can sign up for a month or uh, even for a year. Both Patreon and Apple Podcasts have huge discounts. If you do decide to sign up for an entire year, you get to save some money. You get to support me and you get some stuff in return. That's always good. People like stuff. Patreon.com slash PKMNCST or in your Apple Podcast app. And we are back from our break. You can now register for the 2023
2: Global Challenge number three.
1: They're speeding through these.
2: Yeah, well, you got to get those backpacks out (laughs) because there's no other customization (laughs) possible. So as as of this recording, they have not announced if a
0: backpack is a part of this.
2: It says, well, what do you mean? In the thing I'm looking at, champion points receive an in-game ultra ball canvas backpack accessory. And oh, test wait. your skills against traders from around the world. Where do you see this? <laughs> the very first line! <laughs> Get ready to earn championship oh, yes. points, receive an in-game <laughs> Ultra Ball canvas backpack accessory, and test your skills against traders from around the world in the Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet games! Exclamation <laughs> point! Usually there's a picture of the backpack,
0: that's why I was like, oh, they didn't announce the backpack yet. There's a picture of it. <laughs> What does what the it backpack like? look like? What does an Ultra Ball look like? <laughs> I can't Who use knows? my... Can't use my luxury Ball. I can't use my imagination here. So for the, the other Global Challenges, they were once a month. This is mm-hmm. every other week. On top of... Hey, Blis, Blissey is back. So the Global Challenge was this past weekend, uh, which was Global Challenge 2. And then on top of that, there was the Blissey returned. And then on top of that, there was Typhlosion returned. Again, this is the, the issue I have is if you want to do all three, you either have to commit your entire life to Pokemon
2: <laughs>
0: or you have to pick and choose.
1: I don't want to complain about Blissey being back. I am fine and happy with yeah. Blissey being back as much as it wants to be.
2: Yeah, and, no, Blissey's great. And to make it worse, Chandelure gets released in Unite in just three days.
1: Yep. And there is a Pokemon Adventure Day going on. On Sunday, this as we are recording as well, there is just Pokemon all through this weekend. Is this a
2: classic swine up return? That's No, week. that's
1: coming up. This oh. today, as we were recording, there is a uh I forget what they're called, Stunfisk. adventure Yes, it's first on Fisk, Galarian and Unovan, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean I guess it's easy to say like I don't care about competitive, so that crosses the global challenge out of the list. I guess it crosses all of team building slash <laughs> like ladder off the list. And then if you're tired of raids, I guess then at that point, it'd be easy to say, well, there's nothing to do, uh, but uh, what other content do you want them to add? Like raids is something that they can add new Pokemon, add new rewards, a, a pretty great way to get rewards. It's fun. You can do it by yourself. You can do it with friends. You don't want to have friends and you just want to get really angry. The Global Challenge is right there. So you can get frozen three times in seven games. That that feels really great, right? Yeah, I mean, like. Yeah, that's how it works. That's the game. Uh, my, I would rather take the bad pack luck in Fusion Strike than the <laughs> the my teammates having good Frozen RNG against me in a tournament. The Global Challenge um, does award championship points. It is considered an official tournament. So you can get championship points towards your world's invite if you are in Korea or if you are in Japan and you place highly. So how that works is it will, let's say like 100 Americans place the top 100 for Japan and for Korea. It would be you're on the leaderboard with everyone else, but they exclude non-Japanese or Korean players. So you could be 101 as a Korean player and all Americans could be above you. That would never happen, by the way. (laughs) There's no world where that would happen. Uh, So you would be first in Korea, technically. So you may, if you are doing these global challenges, see a lot of Korean or Japanese players because this gets them into an official local tournament for Well, not local, like an official huge tournament for them in their respective countries so I would be slightly scared if you see because they, they have more stakes on the line than like an American player. Like, yeah, you get like 10 championship points, but that's not going to that's not going to like make or break you where getting into like the the Japan national tournament is like a pretty huge deal. So um, those players, uh, those players have something much, much greater than us, American or non-American, non-Korean, non-Japanese players have. Uh, but anyways, you can register for global. It's the same rule set as Global Challenge 2. You can use the same team. Remember, once you lock your team in, you can't change it. If you Okay, so here's my pro tip. I will, I so I say my pro tip every time. If you want to get through it as fast as possible, <laughs> build a team that has the move explosion or self-destruct. The reason I say that is because sometimes players will see that you have a team of i don't know like fido or like smoochum or something and they will like slow play you make sure yeah greg rolls his eyes because he knows it happens for whatever reason like that i'm not like if i see a team of like baby pokemon i'm just like okay let me just one shot you all real quick because i know you just want the backpack you just want to get out of here just want but there are some players that will be like oh i'm going to like sword stands three times in a row or I'm going to like pretend they will like slow play the heck out of you for whatever sick enjoyment they have um, if you don't want that to happen you hit the self destruct button and you get out of there as fast as possible yeah just and maybe blow the, yourself those up to
1: be fast so that you don't even have to wait for the other person's setup turn to run
0: yeah throw a choice scarf on them <laughs> <laughs> uh, plus it's fun uh, so yeah, Global Challenge 3 is on its way. Uh, as of this recording as well, uh, the Walking Wake and Iron Leaves will return on May 1st, which is a Monday. I, we, we, I, who knows after we finish recording this podcast if there's going to be a seven-star raid announced. They're usually announced on sev- on Sunday nights. But as of this Friday... 27th 28th and 29th there is nothing to report and then the following because the global challenge three now i do i don't think they would do a brand new seven star raid at the start of a global challenge so far all the global challenges have lined up with a repeat the second week
2: so we can only hope (laughs) (laughs) i mean you're You're leaning heavily into that one.
1: Yeah, that's putting a lot of stake in the planning there. These are for different types of (laughs) players.
2: (laughs) Who knows if they're
0: going to do a raid this weekend since Walking Wake and Iron Leaves is coming up. But if they don't do anything, this would be the first weekend where we have nothing in a while.
2: We have Chandelure and Unite is what we got.
0: (laughs) I suspect they'll announce something. Maybe not like a seven star, maybe like a brand new. We haven't had like a brand new five star in a while. What was the last one? Like Armourou Surulej? What did Ditto count as? Well, that was a five star, but that wasn't like a split. I'm talking about like flip, sorry, a split five star. Like there are still version, like all those splits were version exclusives. There's no way they ripped through all the version exclusives at this point.
1: No, definitely not. No, they've barely done any of those five-star split ones. They just weren't as exciting. You didn't get a special mark or anything on them.
2: Yeah, but you can complete your Pokedex without having to talk to anybody, and yeah. that's a win. Very true. I mean, you can still have to what? Like, you still have to talk to somebody because the box exclusives haven't been anything. Right like we haven't had a catch the box exclusive or see the box exclusive. No you
0: would still need to do them specifically for Coridon. You still have to talk to somebody for Miradon and Coridon and for the Paradox Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Minus Walking Wake and Iron Leaves because technically you can join somebody else's. I would assume that they would put the Paradox Pokemon into raids at one point. I mean they have to. They're doing everything else. So yeah, walking wakes, walking wake, and iron leaves return May first. It's supposed to last two weeks, and according to the support page, you can only collect, you can only catch one per save file. So even though they are coming back, only one walking wake for you, only one iron leaves, unless you caught the egg, which good on you for taking a risk (laughs) on catching that egg. (laughs) Good on you. You can now catch one of these instead. We got the update 1.3.0 that we did. Now that does fix the egg. (laughs) 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 You cannot catch the egg anymore. Uh, Trainers who caught the egg instead of walking away on iron leaves in a terror Ray battle before updating a 1.2 were affected by a bug uh, preventing from catching these Pokemon. That bug has been fixed. Trainers who caught such eggs instead will now be able to catch these pokemon in addition the tarot raid for these events will return around the same time as this game update uh, the update already happened so you can do that now uh we have the the patch notes here so feature adjustments a change has been made to deadline uh to the deadline for entries for friendly competitions before the change, entries were allowed until friendly competition begins. After the change, entries will be allowed until friendly competition ends. This does not have to do with the global challenge. This is only friendly. Um, but ultimately, you can set the rules where, you know, if, if you have like a 32-person tournament, but only 30 people signed up, tournament started, you could technically have two people sign up five minutes after the tournament started to get in. Um, you can't, you couldn't do that before. That's new. I don't know how many people are using the friendly tournament competition feature, but they figured that that was a change. Uh, bug fixes. Linked battles fixed a bug in linked battle where selecting swap in before the selection timer reached zero could fail to switch in the selected Pokemon and subsequently caused switching and the battle itself to act abnormally. Oh, okay. Not sure. Okay. Fixed a bug in linked battles where once the remaining time for a battle was under 1 minute, it would no longer be displayed where it was supposed to. Fixed a bug that occurred in linked battles where depending on what move was used at the time of a pokemon fainting, the timer, uh, the amount of time a trainer received to select their pokemon was reduced. Good fixes. Sh- yeah, they've seemed very hard to reproduce, but yeah that uh, they they have been fixed. In battles, Fixed a bug where the Kud Chew ability, that would be Ferrigarath, would trigger again once every two turns after it triggered the first time, contrary to what was written on its ability description. So I didn't know this, but there were people that would solo raid with Ferrigarath because Kud Chew would just keep activating. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume they were running like Citrus Berry or something. Fix a bug that occurred with Zorark. 90% of these bug fixes from 1.2 and 1.3 are just Zorark bugs.
1: I, was, right. Apparently,
0: Zorark is just Zoroark a complicated. Is
1: breaking Pokemon Go. It's breaking Pokemon Scarlet and Violet.
2: Did it break Unite, Greg? Nah, nobody bought the illusion thing. We're all like, why is this clay doll rolling towards us? Let's kill it.
0: <laughs> Fixed a bug that occurred when Zoroark Terracilized while using its illusion ability to disguise itself as another Pokemon. On the check status screen, the Terrasalized Zorark's type would display as the original type of the Pokemon it has disguised itself rather than Zorark's Terra type. Fixed a bug that occurred where Zoroark's illusion ability to disguise itself as another Pokemon that had already Terracilized this bug caused Zoroark's type on the check status stream to be incorrect Fixed a bug in double battles with moves that caused stat changes for the Pokemon using the moves. This bug caused the stat changes to incorrectly happen twice if the user hit the two opposing Pokemon with the move while an unopposing Pokemon was behind a substitute. Pokemon Go connectivity fixed the main issue the game to crash on the screen when paired with a Pokemon Go account. I've gotten this bug many times. I'm about to send over my golden go postcard thing and everything crashes. (laughs) I'm very familiar with that bug. Uh, Some other bugs here. Fixed a bug affecting trainers who received the Hisuian Zorark from Mystery Gift as a special early purchase for the hidden treasure of Area Zero without first having seen Zorark in their game. This bug caused Zorark to be incorrectly displayed as registered in these trainers Pokedexes. Um, And then other select bug fixes have been implemented. Uh, Patch notes kind of short here. They're fixing things. Whether or not they're things people care about, that's debatable. They are fixing things.
1: (laughs) I mean, they are each important to people who would come across them. Yeah. The, The bugs themselves, if somebody was to run into some of these, could be a problem, especially in battles, especially in competitive. But... They're not big fixes except for the egg thing, except for the catching of the egg. Everything else is kind of just.
0: Oh, yeah, the Pokemon Go one's pretty big. I mean, I had it happen like every three times, but maybe it's that
1: was big just me. if you're using that feature. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I have oh, yet to connect my two because <laughs> I'm not going to lose my save data. Some changes that were not listed here.
0: If you scroll through your boxes quickly now, that's not better. By the way, <laughs> they didn't fix it. But they did add a little Pokeball symbol where Pokemon will spawn in. It's not mentioned here in the patch notes. But if when you go through your boxes, you have to like wait for Pokemon to load in, which is still like mind boggling to me that that's a thing. I can't think of a Pokemon game where you have to like wait for Pokemon to generate in your boxes, right? Like, am I, Mm -hmm. yeah, like this is the first game that does that, which I, I don't know what the game is doing that past games didn't have the issue with but
1: pokemon go does it if you haven't downloaded all your assets
0: all right that's okay but this
1: is not the same thing <laughs>
0: i think this game can only hold like 600 pokemon pokemon go is like six thousand pokemon
1: <laughs> yep no this is this is a mess but it's nice that there's a little pokeball there because previously if you were scrolling through the boxes you couldn't tell which ones were empty
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now there's like a little Pokeball symbol that goes where a Pokemon is about to load in. So that is like, gives me the smallest bit of faith to latch on to of like, oh, they did something different. (laughs) Maybe maybe something else is coming.
2: That's how they hook you in. Your own expectations that they're going to do something good and they'll just keep stringing you along. Look, I know that we get a comment
0: every now and then that we're so negative about these games. It's really hard when you play these games every day not to see the glaring issues that these games have.
1: Yeah, no, there are issues, but I still love these games.
0: Yeah, I like them a lot too. I just believe or hope that they will do
2: a performance patch. What always, what always this drives me nuts about about how people you can criticize something and that is not negativity if it's a valid criticism it is a criticism it is not negativity we aren't looking for things to be negative about we are facing issues that need to be fixed and are not fixed that ruin people's experiences criticizing something is good good if you're criticizing it in a constructive manner that is very different than people about
1: the things you love
2: yeah i mean it's a very different topic if we were just like these are bad games they're trash pokemon company is trash they don't know how to make anything they should pass it off to somebody else like those are just spewing negative things because you're mad which is a valid way to vent but that's not actionable like there's nothing in there that's going to make these games better like we can actually say when i do this it crashes you know five times out of ten that needs to be fixed because it's ruining my experience and i can point to the exact thing that is making it not fun for me like i'm not a huge fan of these games because they aren't performing up to my standards and when i do do raids and they hang up for no good reason, this is a impacting on my enjoyment of the game. I can criticize that and still say, overall, I love Pokemon. It's like when people get mad at me when I say Gen 2 is my least favorite. It's like, yeah, I st- when it comes out, I still play it. <laughs> like, I will still play another remake of Kanto, even though I do not ever want to go back to Kanto again. I am so tired of Gen One. I do not want to play that region again. Yeah, they sell it. I am still going to play it because I love this franchise. there's still like a game plan here, right? Like when they did One
0: Point Two, there was the the postcard Golden Go thing, and then there was the the Vivian thing. And those were two, like, surprises that they gave us. And I would say that they weren't as big as surprises as, like, the one and only update we got for Arceus Legends, which I, I would say that was more of an update than it was DLC, but that's just people defining things differently, right? Like, yeah, we're getting paid DLC for Scarlet and Violet. We're- we got paid DLC for Sword and Shield. We got a free update that added like two more things you could do in legends that you you were forced to download right like you didn't have a choice like you logged on your game it updated it gave you an extra story mission and like pokemon previously not in hordes outbreaks uh we now in outbreaks um and that's similar to like the vivian thing and the golden go thing except mm-hmm. you know simpler right you have to connect and then you got bonus content which is like cool I think it would be a disservice to fans for them just to be like, here's Pokemon Home. Okay, now randomly Ursa Luna is in your game. Do I think that's the worst thing in the world for them to do that? No, because people would still be happy to get Ursula. Like, I am so over the moon excited to get Sneasler into this game. Like, I just, sne- I, I like Sneasler a lot. I don't know why. She's a tall girl. She got long legs. <laughs> I got an alpha shiny Sneasler and I cannot wait. To move her into that game. She's cool. I love her. She got big claws. But I do think there's a small disservice in your, like, lore of the game to be, like, okay, well, you can just move them in now. Like, I, yeah. I, I, if they did what they did with Legends, that's why I brought up Legends, is here is a free update that you have to do, and this update's gonna add, like, a very tiny, small storyline to explain and Pokemon. Maybe you can catch a few trade in the rest. That would be really cool. That doesn't fix the performance thing, but also maybe the performance thing is a whole nother patch. Like we need to get these bugs out of the way. Uh, These are all tested and working and we need to make sure that people who caught the egg cannot catch the egg again. So push this out like this. This is a common thing, at least obviously games are maybe games are significantly more complicated than a website. But when I was working on websites as a nine to five job, We'd have a hundred things we'd have to fix, but we could push out like 10 things at a time because we could test over and over that they weren't going to break the website. Um, and if we had something like Black Friday coming up, we don't want to push out anything new before Black Friday because like we need the website to be working a hundred percent. And then, you know, if we have something bigger, we wait till, you know, after the holidays to push that out because again, don't want to break the website during the busiest time. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just being like optimistic or hopeful, but like there's still a lot of time before this DLC, from my perspective, invested in giving us con too much content sometimes. Like the three events on the same weekend is a lot of events. Again, for me who wants to do everything, that's a lot. If you don't if you only do one and done typhlosion and you only do a handful of blissies and you don't care about competitive, I completely see your viewpoint as there's nothing to do. But as a fan of Pokemon. I want to do it all three events on a weekend. It's a lot to me. Mm-hmm. If they're going to do one event a weekend or two events a weekend or every other weekend until DLC, we have a lot of time until DLC. So
1: yeah. And I'm very, very hopeful about the DLC but I'm not sure I shared that hope about the Hisuian Pokemon. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hannah, I why like are at, you so the most. negative
0: on the show? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying Hannah. to be th- I'm trying to in, in, ensure hope in people. I Ready. feel like at the most, he you're going to get one line. This year?
1: <laughs> at the most, you might get one line from NPC that says, This is weird. These Pokemon are ancient and new. <laughs> but also, yeah. have we ever gotten an explanation? For bringing old Pokemon from Pokemon Home, Pokemon Bank, into series where they didn't exist in those regions previously, because there's never been a little mini storyline about that kind of thing. And I understand the Hisui Pokemon are awesome. I understand that Pokemon Legends Arceus was amazing and had a really cool storyline, and I would love to see something like that, but I don't expect it.
2: Our homeroom teacher is going to call us and be like, hey... (laughs) A portal opened up. You should go check it out, <laughs> but be careful. And that then would be better all than that, would, that would be really cool. Out. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope they give story reasons for it. I tend to think Hannah's correct that they're not going to. Um, I just hope they do. Even if it is a couple of lines like the professor calls and says like, oh, hey, these things have appeared. Or we, redisco-, or, we rediscovered them or something. It is weirder to have a and Pokemon show up in Scarlet that deals with the past with no explanation or is it weirder to have them show up in Violet which is all about the future with no explanation like which is the more odd way to go <laughs> I, I don't know As a puzzler, I know that okay so
0: regulation D which now that I say that out loud I regret that Regulation four, whatever comes after Regulation C, whatever they decide to name it, I believe starts on June 1st. Correct? Am I correct on that? I think so. Because Regulation C started March 1st. And it should be three months March, April. Yeah, that sounds right. We should have still one more month of Regulation C from May to June. And they said spring for Pokemon home uh which is uh, the first day of summer is what like june 20 sec 21st i think so we have until now until somewhere in june for them to do pokemon home don't know if regulation d would include Hisui in pokemon but that would be like the next that would be probably the safest assumption of like how do we add on to this? Because the only difference between regulation... So, regulation A, this is competitive stuff, but this kind of maybe helps with people being like, okay, what's, what's the future of maybe where Pokemon Home fits in? Regulation A was all of the Pokemon in the Pokedex except legendaries and no Paradox. And then regulation B was all of the Pokemon and Paradox, no legends. And then regulation C, which is the one we're in now, is all the Pokemon... Paradox, and the four legendary ruins of treasure. And then the 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 also out of 400 Pokemon in the Pokedex, the only ones that can't be used are Miridon and Corydon. Now there are Pokemon like Charizard, Greninja, Typhlosion. Those don't count because they don't have a Pokedex number. Maybe they'll have a number in the DLC and they would count. So you have a handful of Pokemon that just cannot be used. Like Walking Wake should be good in competitive. Should be really good and competitive, honestly, uh, especially with like Torkoal or whatever. But it, not his time to shine right now. He's, he's on the back burner. <laughs> nah. So if they're adding how many Hisuian Pokemon, like 24, oh, maybe less than that. Like that seems like a lot. There were a lot. Like now you're now you're adding an, about another 20 Pokemon for three months to be competitive. I, I they're they're still not ready I don't think this year we ever get Karidon or Maridon in competitive because once once they do box legends, that's like end of format. And Corridon, Maridon They're going are going
1: fast though.
0: Are yeah, are very <laughs> very competitive. So I, I do th- I do think there has to be. There's no doubt. Like before July, Ursula is going to be running around Paldea. Like there's no doubt there. I guess I guess the question is, are they going to do? Some sort of small update like Legends, which they've done it in that game, um, and then surprise and delight us, and then you know, give us our home compatibility. I don't know how hard it is to be like, all right, home is working. Um, because the longest we had to wait for home compatibility was Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, which came out in October, and we didn't get home compatibility, I think, until May. So these games came out in November, so I don't know, maybe safe to say May. Um, That's just literally guessing. But I want to remind people that Ilka helped make Pokemon Home and they also made Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. So, like, if any of those two games should have worked right off the bat, it was like. (laughs) (laughs) Look, they've done this time and time again, like making Pokemon Home work with a new Pokemon game. I don't think that's the complicated thing. If they are just waiting. Because of regulation, the next regulation, or because like that is their content schedule. We're doing these raids, and then eventually there's going to be a small break. We're going to do an update. People are going to explore with their Paldean Pokemon, or sorry, um, Hisui Hisurian. Pokemon, and then we're going to go back to raids. Like it does seem like they wrote a content map for this video game, and people are just impatient for like. Th- the Pokemon's pacing of what they want to do. Because again, yeah. I don't think at the end of the day, they're like confused on how to make Pokemon Home work with Scarlet and Violet. <laughs> They've done this with how many Switch games at this point? <laughs> yeah. Copy, paste. Copy, paste. Copy, paste. Oh, speaking of not copying, pasting, there's a small issue in this game that drives me absolutely insane. Okay, so in Sword... <laughs> this is such a dumb <laughs> issue. In Sword and Shield... When they introduced mints, mints were brand new in Sword and Shield, right? That was like a big thing in Sword and Shield. So like you, you got like a, you got like a, a, I'll just use Incineroar. You got like a modest Incineroar in Sword and Shield. Modest is bad typing for Incineroar. He's a physical attacker. So you go and use an Adamant mint and then it changes Incineroar's nature to Adamant. Now in the, in the preference, it still says modest because that's what you caught him as. But the, pl- mm-hmm. the, up, the up arrow and the down arrow, they flip.
1: Effectively, it's changed.
0: Yes. So, number one, that's still confusing to people who don't understand natures completely. But what was cool about that is if you went and tried to give it another adamant mint, it would say, like, it's already at, ad- like, it, it already has these stats. And they copy and pasted that into legends, from what I recall. You can't do the same thing. You can't give... Pokemon's adamant, you can't give an... For whatever reason in Scarlet and Violet, they did not copy and paste. <laughs> and I can give the same Pokemon like eight adamant mints. It doesn't recognize that I've already given it. So that is... It's such a minor, like, literally like five people in the world probably care about this. But, like, they did it right in two games. Like, why mm-hmm. is it not here? And to anyone that would be like, well, don't do it. Like, the the amount of Pokemon is just box at this point. The amount of times I have to, like, go into the PC to look at these Pokemon, then go back out into my bag, and then grab a mint, and then give it to it, and then close the bag and go back into my PC to, like, verify things, and then, oh, that was the nice thing about the mints, is, like, I know Incineroar should be uh, adamant. I can't remember if I gave him the mint or not, so I could, like, back, back out, go back in, go back over, but if I just gave him an adamant mint, it would verify verbally in the piece, in the bag, that, like, oh, nope, he's already adamant. This game doesn't do that. Just give them as many elements as you want. You're just throwing away. I don't know how much a mint is, like 20,000, 10,000. Anyways, minor complaint. Some of
1: the rare items. I mean, this game is full of minor quality of life losses. (laughs) Step
0: back. Where can I fill out on the Pokemon Pokemon. (laughs) support.pokemon.com? Please fix the (laughs) mint issue. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last bit of news here. This was on Monday at 6 a.m. Uh, mysterious new, mysterious newly discovered Pokemon to debut soon. The Pokemon Company Group t- re- revealed today that trainers will be un—I never know how to speak, but like all the words just fumbled all right there. Th- all of them left; they're all gone. I'm so mad about the mint thing. Tra- trainers will be able to <laughs> uncover the mystery behind a newly discovered Pokemon found in the hidden treasures of Area Zero. The upcoming. Downloadable content for Scarlet and Violet, a newly discovered Pokemon has also appeared in the latest animated series, Pokemon Horizons, the series, which recently premiered in Japan before releasing around the world starting later this year. Who is that Pokemon? That's what it says here. This unknown Pokemon is reminiscent of the legendary Pokemon Terrapagos, but its name and true nature are shrouded in mystery. It is small in stature and not particularly strong, but when push comes to shove, it can crystallize the energy in its body to form a protective shield. Apparently, it can also assume a dormant state where it feels that its life is in danger by pulling its head, limbs, and tail into its shell and making itself look like a jewel. That's it. And then it just talks about how Japan is cooler than us, and they already have the anime, and us non-Japanese folks have to wait 18 more years to get the first episode. That's what it says.
1: Do we have to give spoiler warnings for the Japanese anime here? Because, I mean, I know we already talked about it, but it's cool that there's a link here. That description of the little baby Terrapagos actually links to what happened in the anime. And when I read that description on the Pokemon website, on the English Pokemon website saying that the little baby Terrapagos pre-evolution probably some- related somehow um can pull in its arms and legs, be a little turtle, pull in t- itself into its shell, which is just a crystal, pulls itself into this thing that is just a crystal. I thought, oh, that l- looks like it would be Liko's pendant. When it's just a crystal, it looks like it would just be Liko's pendant. And then I go and look and realize that what's been shown in the Japanese anime is that, yes, yes, this little baby Tropagos probably, is just inside Liko's pendant.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: It's really cool.
2: <laughs> so that yeah. is her pendant. Yeah. Would be great if we could see that in real yeah, time. That would, yep. as that would be, be wish. some sort of, <laughs> I don't know, live simulcast or even a week delayed OK, also, here's here's the thing, because uh, they they
0: they tweeted about this on Monday morning and then I made a very sarcastic tweet <laughs> being like, yeah, it would be nice if we could have watched this. And then I, I got the stereotypical classic Twitters. Oh, man, Twitter is a terrible place of like classic American doesn't want to watch the sub or the yeah Sub sub is subtitled. Yeah. No, average Twitter user. There is no... I would love to. I can read. You can't, apparently. There is no way for me to do that without pirating or going to illegal means. If they were like here on Pokemon TV, $4.99, you can watch the subtitle version as it comes up. I would would pay that. I, I, I would give them money. If there was like... Crunchyroll, you gotta wait two days to watch it. I would do that. I would.
2: I would do that. And we would know.
1: We would already know at this point what what had happened. We would be
2: there. I would 100% like I do with all of my other animes, watch it on Crunchyroll two days after. Because that's what simulcast means. There is, there is, this is the frustrating part about this news.
0: They showed a brand new Pokemon in a Japanese anime, which is fine. That in itself is fine.
1: And it's really cool.
0: And they yeah. g- they have given Americans no legal or ethical way to do to consume that content. Like, sure, I could there might there may or may not be a VPN ad in this show. This episode, there is. Pro- the, but I don't even think getting a VPN. Like, I don't think there's any streaming services. Official streaming at this point in Japan yeah. that I could even VPN into to watch. Like, it is just shown on TV there. It is just shown on Tokyo TV there. And unless somebody is out there using a TiVo and recording it, does that, the, and recording
2: it? Yeah, I mean, DVR. The, the, <laughs> but that's that's the is point. TiVo still exists. They have to I be,
0: right? I think TiVo is still in business. Really? If you work at TiVo and you listen to this podcast, please contact <laughs> us. I,
2: would I mean, to they have a website still.
1: Some of my favorite Pokemon episodes were recorded on my family's TiVo.
2: That makes me
1: nostalgic.
0: But but this is this is the point, though. Like there there is no way for me to watch it unless I go to some sketchy site that is probably like stealing my IP address, which is like, look, if you want to do that, that's fine. But like, I don't want to watch Pokemon Legends at like we're not Legends, uh, Pokemon Horizons at like 480p on some site I've never been to. Right. Also, I don't think the Pokemon Company would be very happy with me. It's, they listen to this podcast. I'm not doing that, Pokemon Company. Thank you for making <laughs> it to the end of the show. I just want to watch it any way I can. Like, let me give you five, I'll give you ten dollars a month. Well, let me and just watch it. The other thing is, who's providing the subtitles? Oh, are they not like f- fan? I I don't know. I I I I don't Because the
2: question is, having run into fan-based subtitles, sometimes fans interpret things differently there are i mean there's a number of examples of the english dubs worded it this way and the subtitles worded it this way and that's already official i have not a lot of faith in fan translations uh because fans also will interject things that they want to see in there in their word choices and sometimes they don't actually understand what is being said 100% and fill in their own stuff. The
1: quality of fan translations can vary wildly.
2: Wildly. It can be a game of telephone, to be real honest.
1: They can be good. Sometimes they can be better or more accurate. Better and more accurate are two different things, by the way, than the official translations. But they can also be much,
2: much worse. They can be much worse so it again i would love for them to renegotiate how they do all this there are a ton of services this isn't the 90s anymore this isn't the early 2000s anymore i don't have to go to adult swim to watch anime anymore there are <laughs> what actual streaming services to watch anime <laughs> what if that was my childhood <laughs> i don't want i don't have to do that anymore they don't have to live this way anymore Right? Like people are like, well, they have contracts. Guess what can be renegotiated? Contracts. <laughs> they I get don't. renegotiated all the time. I don't know. They doubt. also get broken all the time because sometimes the fees are way cheaper than the money they'd make off that. You would not be surprised at how many companies are just like, We're doing it anyways, because we'll make a million dollars and the fee is $100,000 for breaking contract. Yeah, we'll make that profit, thanks.
0: Like, like in America, at least from what I remember as a child, they, they were on WB.
1: They were for a time.
0: And there was... They were for a stretch. At least, at least in the, the Midwest Wisconsin area, they were on WB. And it was a huge deal when they went to Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then it was a huge deal that they went to Disney. And then it was a huge deal that they went to Netflix and who knows if they plan to stay with Netflix, like Netflix, like Netflix's whole business model is paying a bunch of money to get exclusive content. So you say signed up and then they jack up the price. It's like $20 a month now for Netflix or something
2: insane like that. I mean, part of the reason why WB lost it is because they merged into the CW and they didn't renegotiate those contracts Mm -hmm. like Switching networks even... and being sold off, all the licenses went up in the air, and Cartoon Network is like, Yes, please, thank you. We some will of the take that. Some things from
1: the time that Pokemon was on WB are still kind of stuck in the contracts there. You can't yep. get the episodes or the movies the same way. And some of those movies were my favorites. So the fact that I still can't buy those makes me really sad.
0: Yeah. And then in like Canada, it's not on Netflix, it's specifically only Netflix for America. And I think on Canada, it's on Tele. Teletoon or something, but like, I don't even think that channel exists. I think they just merged with somebody else. Mm-hmm. The point being, whether we still don't
2: know if Ash wins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the point being is, if there again, if there was some way, Crunchyroll, Netflix, uh, Funimation, which I also think doesn't exist anymore because that merged with it Crunchy- got purchased by Crunchyroll, <laughs> like. They have their own service, Pokemon TV. Like, if I, I just want to watch this. I, I want to watch this anime more because you're showing new
2: Pokemon. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> the only I'm American super cons- excited.
1: Cons- <laughs> it's yeah. super exciting. This is a whole new anime. I'm super excited to watch it. And I can't. We can't.
2: We can't. This and is- we don't know. We don't know when we can. Yeah. We have no clue. When Netflix is going to decide to buy this? If Netflix is going to decide to buy this whole new series, we have no clue what the American front of this is going to be. Like Netflix to say, "Well, it's not Ash, and we're done. We're out." And then what? Like we have no clue when we're going to get this. I'm still waiting to finish Ash's journey, and I don't know when I'm getting that. Probably September, maybe. Netflix has also been proven
0: to take shows that are on the top 10 most watched and not renew them. Yep. And they, to be fair, I, I get it, right? Like there, there is a sense of like season one will always bring in new people, especially if it's really hyped. Season two, kind of the same thing because people want to come back to watch season two. But like if you missed out season one or season two, advertising a season three of a show isn't going to get more people to sign up because... They don't care. They didn't see the first two seasons, right? Uh, Unless your trailer is really good. So I understand the ideal of like Netflix wants new people to constantly sign up and new shows bring in new people.
2: However, a a recent study came out to show that their business plan is backfiring. Correct. Yes. Because a ton of people aren't watching the first season because they're like, why would I get invested? You're just going to take it away from (laughs) me. Like, like in a time of streaming to sort of have the logic of well why advertise a season 3 because they don't know what it is the other two seasons are there if there's hype about it like look at stranger things stranger things still brings in people mm-hmm. one could argue that the recent seasons might not be great but they're okay again they're the, the people have gone back and watched them Right when they're readily available, they will go back to catch up if you build enough hype about them. Just advertise Netflix really doesn't want to do advertisement or promotion, they don't like it for whatever reason. They just are like rise and sink on your own. We out,
0: yeah. The I mean, there's like more problems to like Netflix, like at least like Peacock or. Apple TV Plus, they have huge companies back or Amazon is another good example. Like it doesn't matter if Amazon video doesn't make money. They literally have the money of Amazon behind them. Netflix doesn't have that. They they just have themselves. They don't have like anything else. Like I get I, I, maybe I explained that poorly, though, but like Amazon can has so many other services that can pay for amazon tv apple has so many other services that can pay for apple tv netflix just
2: has themselves they don't have like yeah watches other divisions of the large company are profitable which will help shore up any shortcomings from another area so amazon still makes a trillion billion dollars it doesn't matter necessarily that the video segment doesn't make it that is that it comes with a huge asterisk where underperforming things do tend to get cut when they think you're just not doing it anymore. So it's like the worry about Amazon's video is if it stops performing, they could just say we're ending the service and all of that content goes away. It is it is the problem of the subscription model that we are facing right now is that large corporations can decide when something isn't profitable anymore we're gonna get rid of it, and you have lost access to all of that. That's why I still say, if you can purchase physical, and you really, really want it, purchase physical. Believe me, I thought v- VCRs would no longer be made. They're still making them. <laughs> like <there's, laughs> they're they're ex- more expensive. We all thought we had moved past the scratchy hiss of record players. <laughs> I was just at a vinyl store revolution. <laughs> So, I, like, <laughs> On a side like, note,
0: I treated myself to that like very expensive Pokemon vinyl player because I thought I, I do have a bunch of vinyls and then I threw I donated my vinyl player when I moved because it was like I needed a new needle and it was like weird to package up. So I like gave it to somebody for like 20 bucks. And then I was like, you know what? Like, I think this vinyl player for Pokemon is like really cool, if anything, because I don't listen to that much music. I want it as like a collector's like. This will be like in like twenty years. I'll be like, wait, Pokemon made a record player, and I'll be like, yeah, it has Pikachu yeah. on it. They also made a waffle iron <laughs> and a crock pot. I have the waffle iron. I believe Nick, who does the music for the show, got me that as a gift. <laughs> so thank you, Nick. Uh, I've used it once. It's and then I cleaned it immediately because waffle irons. Anyways. I have no fidelity. Maybe that's not the right word in my ears. I can't hear the difference between my low-end record player that I got rid of and this high-end Pokemon record player because it's made by U-turn, which is like high-end, like very fancy. Oh, like you have a U-turn record. I I literally cannot hear the difference. Ah, uh, but I was at a record shop and it was very cool. There was something about like thumbing through records that is very. I don't know. It's, it's silly. Anyways, I want to watch the Pokemon. 1970s.
2: <laughs> I want 1970s. <laughs> Craig was like, this is, this is mainstream when I was a... This is, this is the only option. Do you know how exciting it was to have compact discs that had lossless sound for the first time? Because when your only option is to play a record player and play that record to death... By by your 500th player, like, there's music somewhere in the hissing and popping. I'm pretty sure of it. I'm mostly going off of memory at this point. I'm very excited. And cassette tapes degrading and then also tearing because they would tear all the... Like, you'd open up and you're like, well, it's just a mangle of mesh right now. I guess I, this is done. Compact discs changed our lives But you had to have the anti-skip
0: player. You had to spend the extra money for the anti-skip technology.
2: Look, my dad (laughs) bought the very first compact disc player, and we had no idea what it could do, and so he put in the 1812 overture, because it said, with real cannons, and so we got to the part, and we we cranked it up because you could finally hear everything perfect, and the cannons went off and both of the speakers exploded. It was a boom! And then there was no more sound because we had blown everything out.
1: That's incredible.
2: Good I, times.
0: I, I miss my CD player. See? I think isn't, isn't like technically CD players play more high quality music than vinyls? Or did they change no, vinyl technology
2: where it's vinyl, like better? The first play of vinyl is the best sound reproduction you can get. So, the very first time you listen to a vinyl record, it will be of a higher quality than you can get on a CD because of compression and other, and other weird balance. But isn't that breaks. why you want a very nice needle?
0: Yes. So you don't degrade the sound. Correct.
2: After the first play, vinyl degrades pretty quickly um, because you have a needle scraping across plastic. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever taken a needle and scraped it across plastic, it tends to leave some marks, uh, especially if you have kids and they jump around and the needle skips because it will run across things. And... Nick, Nick or and you did were... what we did back in the day and stack records on top of the needle so that when it was done with one side, it would drop the next record. Uh, so you just have this wad of records on top, and then it would finish one side, it would go off, and it would drop. And sometimes that timing would be off, so it would hit the needle, or like four would drop instead of one. You know, back in the day, we lived with what we could take. <laughs> Nick and I were
0: looking at vinyls for uh, like a couple of like the popular songs that Nick does for the break music. And the, the, the problem was, whether you made one vinyl or a hundred vinyls, you had to just pay a flat fee for the pressing. Yep. The biggest hurdle. Like if we knew we could sell oh uh, gosh, I think you needed to sell like eighteen vinyls lot. to break even just to break even to yeah, sell eighteen it's vinyls. And then if you sold twenty, you would only make like a four dollar profit. Well, like we weren't looking to profit. It was just like pressing, making, shipping out vinyl is also not very convenient. <laughs> like, do not bend. <laughs> yeah. But we make cassettes. That was cool. I have a bunch of. I think I have a couple of cassettes left. We should put those up when our anniversary comes, which is July. If there was a legal way to watch the Pokemon anime, please provide one. There's. I know there's not. That was rhetorical.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Your comments are gonna be loaded up with them. All spam bots just coming forward, being like, "Check out our
0: link. Check out this weird website you've never heard of. You can watch Pokemon and The Simpsons at the same time." All right. Well, thank you for making it to the end. Uh if you're if you're watching on YouTube um comment your first music device was it a CD player was it a record player was it 8 track was it an iPod shuffle was it uh gosh there was like 800 iPods was it a zune uh let me let me know your first <laughs> <thing>. <laughs>
2: Oh Zune, you tried. You know. really did. Your try.
0: music. My mine was a boom, like a boom box with a CD player on top. That was my first one.
2: Mine was a hand. So a it was hand cranked eight track. Yeah, it was hand crank. <laughs> I mean, my per, my very first personal thing that I got to own was. You see them in movies? It was basically that big box with. We could load the cassette in and have one big speaker. That was my first like, this is mine. Mm-hmm. I did have a Sesame Street kids record player uh, that I attempted to play my parents albums on once. And they got real, real mad. Oh,
1: because
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's this giant record on this little spindle. Yeah, they were <laughs> not happy about that one.
1: Yikes. I think my first one was a little handheld uh, CD player that I just plugged headphones into because that's where I was at
2: the first Walkman I ever got was actual metal and you could you could hurt somebody with that thing it, that thing was heavy
1: <laughs> they looked real cool though they were I'm cool but boy the right they were ones. heavy
0: alright well we'll be back next week Um, next week is the 30th so it should be the before Walking Wake and Iron Leaves comes back um, if there's a seven-star raid, we'll recap it. Uh, I guess we'll we'll see what they do this week. Um, if there is a seven-star raid announced on Sunday night slash Monday morning, we will be doing a raid build stream on Twitch on Monday. And then I will turn that into a YouTube video for like Tuesday or Wednesday. But I, who knows? Maybe there's no seven-star raid this week, which might be kind of nice actually to have a weekend. Where I don't have to, I think there's community day this coming weekend with, with uh, what's its face? Uh, Swine Swinub. So it'd be nice to not focus on Scarlet and Violet and just walk around. Oh, gosh, I hope it's going to be nice. I don't want to go to Mall of America. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind Mall of America, but I also just like, I'm tired of going to that place. Being We're outside. getting close
1: to the right time of year to be outside for Pokemon Go. Okay,
0: in, we can go to the circus hemisphere? though across
2: the street. No. I don't want to go to a circus. It's the Canadian circus, Greg. I don't want to see a bunch of poutine eaters flipping around in the air. (laughs) I'll pass. Thanks. Jeez. Tell me how you really feel. (laughs) We We will be back next week. Thank you for
0: listening. Thanks for making it to the end. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Greg. This has been another episode of the Pokemon podcast,
2: and we are super effective.
1: Waiting for that portal to open up in Paldea to bring us these Hisuian Pokemon from somewhere?
2: Yeah. Super effective. Turns out Paldea was Hisui all along. Then the Kalos DLC comes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait. Taking my sub away to Kalos.
0: this podcast is brought to you by patreon a huge shout out to our producers of the episode starting with steven k william tony stewart ryan nate matthew bovine katherine casey josh jessica Gray, courtney chris brian anthony and our executive producers of spencer and brady thank you so much For the continued support, if you too would like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t, that is patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t, and you can sign up to get a bunch of rewards, including having your name read at the end of the episode. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.